Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there'll be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hello, listeners. It's my joy to bring the Word of God to you today. You know, I want to say a big thank you to the set man of this ministry, Pastor Joe, for this wonderful opportunity. And my prayer today is that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light and that understanding will come as you hear his words today. The title of my message is, Do You See What I See? You know, my message today is something the Lord has been highlighting to me. And I believe this is a question the Lord is asking you and I today. Do you see what I see? You know, it's inevitable that we'll encounter obstacles and challenges as we go through life. And as children of God, we have a Father who loves us lavishly and who has already provided all that we'll ever need to succeed and triumph in this life. I know we can see that in Ephesians 1 verse 3. And reading from the NIV, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, God has already blessed and provided us with all we need. And these blessings are first in the spirit realm. And we can access God's limitless resources and see these spiritual blessings become physical realities in our lives as we discover them in the word, believe the word, and then act in faith. You know, I love the story of Jesus and the fig tree in Mark 11 because it lets us know how we can command the same kind of results that Jesus had, you know, and make spiritual realities manifest in our lives as we deal with the issues we face. I'll be reading from verses um, 12 to 14 of Mark 11 and then verses 20 to 24. And this happened a day after Jesus' triumphant entry to Jerusalem. And it says in verse 12, reading from the NIV, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if he had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. I'd like to read verse 14. Um, from the KJV and it says and Jesus answered and said unto it that's a fig tree no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and his disciples heard it note here that it said Jesus answered the fig tree the fig tree had not spoken verbally to Jesus but he had communicated that he had figs by the presence of the leaves on the tree you know, it's a fact that a fig tree should have figs by the time the leaves are evident. Therefore, this fig tree was projecting something. You could say it was saying something, though not verbally, that it didn't have, even though it was not yet time for the figs. And Jesus responded and answered the fig tree in return. And in this case, he cursed the fig tree. You know, today, I don't know what your situation or circumstances are telling you. You know, is that pain in your body communicating sickness to you? Is your bank account in red? Is it communicating 
someone lacked to you is your precious child, you know, through their actions or even their words, telling you that there is no hope for him coming home like the prodigal son did in the Bible. And with all that is happening in our world today, are you consumed with fear? Whatever the challenge is communicating to you, I want to tell you today that there is an answer in the word of God for it. And when you stand your ground with a word in your mouth, you will triumph over that situation. You know, I'm getting a bit ahead of my message, but I just want to point out at this point that if Jesus can answer and speak to a tree and the tree responded, as we'll see in verse 20, then we can speak to our circumstances as well and they will respond to the word. So verse 20 of Mark 11 from the NIV says, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree weeded from the root. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has weathered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. And verse 23, which is our verse of emphasis today, I'm reading from the KJV says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, that anyone, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I know that for some of us, we have probably read these verses many times over, but I would like you to consider it with fresh eyes today and see what the Lord is highlighting to us. You know, in this verse 23, we can see Jesus emphasizing three times on our speaking to the mountain, you know, to that challenge we're facing. He's not asking us to speak to God about the mountain, but to speak to the mountain about our God and what the word says about that situation. But before we discuss the importance of our spoken word, I'd like to draw attention to this phrase in verse 23, and shall not doubt in his heart. Speaking is important, and removing doubt from our heart is also so important if we're to see what we are speaking become a reality. And so the word heart here is a Greek word cardia, referring to the thoughts, the mind. But to better understand that word heart, let's see the very first time the word was used in both the Old and the New Testament. And we'll find this in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Reading from the um, King James translation, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Note here it says, imagination of the thoughts of his heart. God connects the heart with our imagination, what we see on the inside. You know, the Hebrew word that was translated imagination is yet, sir, and it means conception. So the imagination of man is the womb of man where all actions are conceived. So whatever we act out first starts in our imagination. You know, imagination consists of images which are visual representations or mental pictures of something. And it is that ability to see with the mind's eye, the eyes of your heart, what is not yet real to your physical senses that allows you to create. And really, that's what faith is. It gives substance to the things we hope for, which are not yet made manifest in the physical realm. We're going to just take a quick look at the first mention of heart in the New Testament, which can be found in Matthew 
chapter 5, verse 8. I'm reading from the King James translation. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See here, God connects the heart with our sight. So what do you see on the inside as you go about life, you know, as you pray? To shed more light on how powerful our imagination is, I would like us to read from Genesis 11, 6. And the first part of this chapter is about the Tower of Babel. And in verse 6, reading from the King James translation, it says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and these they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. If man's imagination, what he could see on the inside was a threat to God's plan for mankind so that he had to intervene and limit man's ability to interact and understand each other, then our imagination is powerful. But I must add here that I'm talking about our godly imaginations. I'm aware that certain other beliefs have perverted, you know, the use of our imagination. But don't let that dissuade you from using this powerful tool that God has given us to aid us in our ability to co-create with him to see that his purposes are established on the earth. And right now, we even like to pray over you the prayer Paul prayed for the saints in Ephesians 1.18. And it's a prayer that I pray often for myself. And I encourage you to pray, you know, verses 17 to 23 of Ephesians 1 over yourself and your family as well. And the prayer is this, I pray today that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, you know, be flooded with light, that you will know what he's calling you to do. And so that you can also grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in that prayer, it says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That word understanding here is a Greek word, dianoia, which means deep thought. And by implication, referring to your mind, your imagination. So my encouragement today is that you spend time with the Father God in prayer and in the word. Let him illuminate the eyes of your imagination to his will concerning every area of, of your life, especially those areas you face, those challenges you're facing. Sit with him and allow Allow him, you know, allow his word, paint pictures on the inside that agree with the word concerning you and any situation you're facing. You know, pictures of faith and not fear, pictures of health and not sickness. Keep meditating on his word until you can see clearly on the inside what is not yet real on the outside. You know, until you become fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able to perform. You know, sometimes you might be quoting the scriptures concerning your situation, but you don't see any change, can I ask you, have the pictures in your heart aligned with what your mouth is speaking about that situation? Are you declaring you are healed, but you see yourself on your deathbed or buried, or are you even visualizing your funeral? Or do you have a picture of yourself full of health and vitality? You know, the Bible is filled with several examples of God using pictures, dreams, visions to accomplish his purposes in the life of his people. We see that in the life of Abraham, Jacob, Joseph. So, Let's take Abraham for an for instance today. He and his wife Sarah did not have a child, but God had promised Abraham that his descendants would be great in number. So how did God bring his promise to pass? By first giving him a picture of his children being like the dust of the earth. And you can find that in Genesis 13 verse 16. However, in Genesis 15 verse 2, it appeared as though Abraham had forgotten about the promise in Genesis 13. And I'll read Genesis 15 2 from the KJV. And it says, And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless? Abraham had a wrong picture. He saw himself childless. And do you know what God's remedy for that was again? 
you guessed right, another picture. So in verse 5, the Lord tells him that his children will be as numerous as the stars in heaven. So in the daytime, the dust reminded Abraham of the promise and at night, the stars reminded him of the promise. So keep reminders of his promise around you. It could be scriptures on a post-it note. You know, it could be pictures of your dream home, of your dream job. Just keep your eyes on the promise till it takes a hold in your heart. You know, it took a couple of years after God gave Abraham those faith pictures for God to change his confession. And we see that in Genesis 17 verse 5. God changed Abraham's name to Abraham, which means father of multitudes, and Sarah's name to Sarah, which means princess of multitude. And this is God calling into being things that don't exist as of yet in the physical. Remember, Abraham and Sarah already had the picture of the promise on the inside. And as they called each other by their name, they were calling into being the promise. And about three months later, after God changed their name, that's their confession, Sarah became pregnant and gave birth to Isaac the very next year, just like the Lord had promised. So it's not just enough to declare and confess the word. What do you see on the inside? Does it agree with what you're declaring? Do you see what God sees? I want to encourage you not to allow just what your physical eyes see to determine what your heart believes. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, reading from the Passion Translation, it says, We don't focus our attention on what is seen, that is the physical, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So when situations and problems arise and begin to harass you, address them and tell them, you're only temporary and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So sit with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and get those faith pictures on the inside about what you're believing for and dispel the doubt and then speak to that mountain and it will move in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Blessings to you and yours. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.